So yesterday afternoon when I got here, I was trying to find, uh, I was up by the, somewhere, I was up here and I was trying to get back to where I was staying. So I got lost, so I asked this uh, young Salvation Army staff gal, I said, you know, I need to know, no, I was trying to come here and I couldn't find it. I said, I need to know where the Christian Challenge group is meeting. And she didn't know, so she gets on her radio and calls down to the, the head lodge and said, a guy wants to know where the Christian Challenge uh, group is. And um, so she found it out and she pointed me in the direction. I, I said, now where exactly? Well, you got to make a, a turn and then go down and there's some... Um, gabled buildings and, and the one you're meeting is a flat building. I couldn't see the flat building so I go this way. She said, yeah, I think you got it. I said, okay, so I stumble off. So late, so last night at the break, you know, when we went up to, after the meeting, we went up to get cookies. Uh, I was still, I had to go at a different place. I had to go to where I was staying. So I was asking directions for that. And this, this gal was standing there hearing this conversation. And so I kind of stumble off into the dark. And, you know, I could hear her saying, I think we've got a winner for this weekend. There's one in, in every group, and, and I've got him spotted. And uh, we need to keep an eye on him. So I, I eventually made it back to where I'm staying. Do I need to move back from the speakers a tad? Okay. Well, I'm taking a, a risk this morning by talking on a subject that I really don't know where it's going to land. You know, it's kind of circling the airfield, and, and we'll see if it makes a landing. It's a, it's, it's a simple talk, but it's not easy to come together. And uh, it's basi basically going to be a talk on, on the presence of God in your life. And, you know, last night I talked about surrender and growth. And, and anyone who's, who's claimed the name of Christ, who've, who has embraced what he has done on the cross, you know, the fact is that the living God lives in you. There's a verse in, in Colossians that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's very clear in it. And Jesus even uh, talked in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, and I in you. So that's kind of, you're kind of a no-brainer. But I was talking to a gal one time at K-State, and, and she was struggling with her life, and, and she had grown up in a dysfunctional home, like we heard this incredible, powerful testimony this morning. I hope you all were really hearing that because uh, every one of us can be like that faithful man that, that shared, and you see the results. And, you know, that testimony was worth the price of this conference, actually. If that's all we heard was that testimony, and you said, yes, I want to be like that faithful person, and you lived your life that way, that would be good enough. We could all go home and say this conference was, conference was worth it. But um, so I was talking to this gal and she was struggling and I was trying to figure out where she was. And so finally I said, well, have you ever like realized that uh, when you uh, 
turned to Christ. And, and I kind of went over the gospel and she said, yes, I believe that. I said, do you realize that Jesus actually lives in you? And she said, I had never thought of that. Well, you know, if you miss that, you kind of, you, you miss a lot. Kind of like I, I think one of your uh, topics on that they're doing at USC on the attributes of God is, is God as Father. You know, if you miss God as Father, you've missed a whole lot about what God wants to be to you <laughs> if you miss that. And, um, and, and so she missed that. So this morning, I want to talk more about our union with Christ. And, and how we can really enjoy the presence of God. A, a couple of verses that I shared last night, just, just to review, 1 Corinthians 1.9 and, and Philippians 3.10, God has called you into the fellowship of His Son, not just to be a, not just to be a, a Christian, someone that's headed to heaven, but, but He's called you into community with the living God, and you think about the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are now a part of that community. He's called us into that fellowship with Him and with each other. And, as Paul said, I want to know Christ. And, and that was Paul's goal. He was a great evangelist. He was a great uh, missionary. He was a great teacher. He did all, all these things, but down behind it, he wanted to know Christ. So this is... Um, this is a simple topic, but it's not easy. Kind of like um, when I was running track in high school. Uh, I knew my parents didn't have the money to send me to college. And uh, I really didn't want to go into debt for the whole college thing. I played baseball growing up, but I, I wasn't doing real good as a sophomore. And so I thought I'll try out for cross country. And I did really good. I lettered as a sophomore. And so I started working to get a scholarship to college. And I ran hundreds and hundreds of miles. I got up before breakfast and I would go out and run three to five miles. Sometimes I would sneak out over my lunch hour, which is probably not a good training method, but I didn't know any better. I would sneak out, suit up, and go out and run sprints uh, over the lunch hour and no one would know and then I would go out um, for the afternoon workout at times when it was raining I would run in the rain I would run in the sleet um, sometimes if it was really bad weather I would go up to the school and usually a, a, a door was open maybe a janitor was there on Saturday and I would run the halls and I, I, I literally ran all the time. And it came time for the state uh, track meet and, and before that the state cross country meet and I did good enough and I, the coach from OU came up and said, you know, I'd really love for you to run for the University of Oklahoma. My name is J.D. Martin and I'm the coach. And, and all that work paid off and I got this scholarship. Now, uh, walking with God um, there's far more rewards than a, than a scholarship to college. The presence of God in your life literally touches you every moment of every day and everyone you touch every moment of every day. It, the aroma of Christ spreading out from you. 
and, and, and not only here at this camp, but when you connect with your family, uh, with friends back in college, what you do this summer, and the implications of your meeting God and walking with God uh, are just incredible. So that's what I want to talk about today. Now, now here's our problem. I had to, I had to fight through some things to, to do all that running. Uh, it was not easy. And, uh, and walking with God is not going to be easy with you. Let me, let, me, let me give you an example. I'm going to track with this probably in a little different way than, you're, than you may have heard messages. I'm just not going to hammer you about read your Bible every day. I'm not going to say that. I mean, I may eventually, but that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not the gist of what I'm going to say right now. I'll get to that. Uh, the, the problem that you have, and I have too, is that there is so much noise around our lives. There is so much movement and so much activity uh, so much social media. Um, I just got my new iPhone 6, and I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm <laughs> figuring out. I was having to ask Neil or, or someone, you know, how, how to do this stuff. And, and uh, um, so, you know, we have all this movement and noise around our life. Now, let me share a few verses with you. And, and I hope you'll track with me just for a few minutes here this morning. Psalms 85, verse 8. The psalmist says, I will listen to what God the Lord will say. How good are you at listening to God? I think that's a fair question to ask. You know, if you're going to pass your subjects in college, at some point you're going to have to listen to what's going on in the class. Those of you that are, are looking into the job market, uh, you're going to have to listen to what the expectations of your employer wants. Uh, if you're going to be a good friend, a faithful friend, a marriage partner someday, you're going to have to learn to listen. It's not all talking. It's not all noise. You're going to have to learn to listen. And I think this is, could be the hardest thing that you as college students will have to learn. Uh, it could be. And um, the noise around your life, it, it would be like um, I came in a while ago and the worship band was practicing. And there was a lot of, a lot of you know, they were really loud. They had their, their uh, noise amped up. It would be like me jogging by that back door and someone over here saying, uh, hey, Bob, don't forget our meeting at 10 o'clock this morning. And, and I'm running by the door as fast as I can. And the band's playing. And, and I'm expected to hear that quiet message. It ain't going to happen. It will not happen. And I think a lot of us live our lives trying to walk with God and trying to hear Him with that much activity and that much, much noise around our life. Um, let me, let me I, I wasn't really planning to do this, but someone in here talked about Psalms 91 yesterday. Who was that? Someone shared something. Okay, you, yeah, you, yeah. What, what was the gist of what you said about it? 
just sharing what it meant to you. Okay, so I'm going to do this totally unrehearsed. And you are not here. Uh, it's me and God, okay? So obviously I'm role playing here a little bit, but I, I've actually done this with students before. But um, if Psalms 91 is, is the passage that I open to today, I'll, I'll do something like this. God, um, I need you to slow down my heart to hear your word. Because uh, I'm thinking about my cousin, my nephew back home, Casey, who's suicidal. And this is true. I mean, I am, I'm not making this up. This is true. I'm th thinking about my wife traveling to Wichita today to a wedding. I'm thinking about what I'm going to try to say to the students this morning. And um, I'm thinking about some dear friends who are getting ready to move to Manhattan to pastor our church. And, and I've got all these things going on in my mind. And, I, and I'm not sure I can really engage with you in your words. So would you quiet my heart this morning? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. God, I want that to be me. Um, I want that to be the students that I talked to this morning. That we dwell under your care. Because I desperately need that. If I, if I do that, I'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And God, more than anything today, I want to rest in you. I don't want to be known as a good speaker. Uh, I want to rest in you. That's where I want to find my joy and my delight. So, um, that, that's entering in a little bit to what I try to do, you see how it's not rushed and I have to kind of slow down a little bit. I think a lot of people, you know, I have a reading calendar I use um, and somewhere in here. Um, and this morning I read uh, Hebrews 8. Um, and the tendency is to, you know, pick up the Bible, read a passage, pray for a few things, and then off I go. Rather than slowing down enough to be quiet, to listen. And uh, the other day I was uh, reading 2 uh, 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 Samuel 8 and 9, I believe. And, and it's about, uh, there's two passages. One is about uh, David offering kindness to someone that was left in Saul's house. He said, is there anyone left I can offer kindness to? 
And the, the next chapter, he says, I, I want to offer kindness to this guy who treated our soldiers good. And uh, one, one person accepted Saul's kindness, or David's kindness, and the next person didn't, and he got in a lot of trouble. But the, the thing I got was, wow, you know, after everything David did, he wanted to offer kindness. And that really spoke to me about an individual that I haven't been offering kindness to. And I slowed down enough to, to hear the, God speak. So that's what I'm talking about, hearing God speak. There's a lot of times I don't like hear an audible uh, voice or anything. I mean, I'm not that, that mystical. Maybe some of you are, but... But it's the impressions and the clarity that God gives me from His Word. Here's another verse. Psalms 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. I really struggle with this one. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we rented a DVD from uh, Redbox. Y'all have Redboxes here? And they're either at like grocery stores at McDonald's and uh, ours in uh, Manhattan or in front of the grocery, uh, Dylan's grocery store. So Sandy ordered it online and so I'm parking and I'm walking up. There's two red boxes and I think I had A and there was A and B. And there was two other people coming up from the side. And so I'm walking and I, I have one eye on one person, one on the other person. And I'm wondering all the way up, maybe 50 yards, if they will beat me to box A. That was my concern. And, and, I, and I was getting very unsettled as I was walking. I, I walked a little faster. I didn't want to jog, but I was walking a little faster. And, and one beat me and one didn't. So I'm thinking in my mind, okay, uh, I split the difference on that. But I was really unsettled about someone beating me to the red box. I mean, I, and I'm sorry, you know, that's a confession it, to me. And so to be still before the Lord and to wait on Him is really hard for me because I live in a, in a hurried world. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Neil and I driving uh, downtown to, to go to USC uh, uh, Thursday night. You know, there's a lot of movement going on there. And even at night, there's a lot of, lot of students going around and people on skateboards and bikes and everything. And, you know, to, to slow down enough, because here's, here's the problem. It's not a problem with God. It's a problem with us. God is not in a hurry. For us. Someone said, uh, God may seem slow, but he's never late. He may seem slow as you pray to him. Some of you are praying about your future mate. And there's not nothing, there's nothing going on. You have no hope <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and you're, you're wanting to try to help God a little, along here. And... Um, you know, God may seem slow, but He's never late for the things that He desires for you. He's never late. And, and, but to get our heart in that, that posture is, is difficult. Um, Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. My friend... Uh, 
at Cal Baptist, Jeff Lewis, I've heard him speak on this verse, and, and he, he, he pushes the second part of it, and rightfully so. Uh, he says, you know, we always talk about being still and knowing that I am God, but we never talk about I will be exalted among the nations. I've heard him preach that, and he does a good job with it. I would suggest, though, that I'm not so sure we're very good at being still and knowing that God is God. You know, the way to really know God, Paul, uh, in that verse in Philippians 3.10, all I want is to know God. Okay, here's a secret in knowing God. Being still. In the depth of our knowledge of God, if you really want to know God, at some point, you're going to have to slow down your life at times. I'm not talking about we're not busy built, uh, people. Dallas Willard talks about we need to eliminate hurry from our life. We're all busy. You know, you'll come home from the retreat. You've got studies to do. To do. You've got other things to do. We're busy people. But I'm talking about always being in a hurry. And uh, some, at some point we need to be still and, and really know God in a deeper way. Um, I don't know if I've got a quote on this or not. I think I do. There are some things about God and His purposes we may never learn unless we are alone and quiet with Him. Do I got that? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's... Now, whether you believe it or not, I, th I think there's some truth in that. Uh, Jesus... God alone with the Father, Paul did. Most any believer I know that has any depth at all will, will get alone and be quiet and slow down their life um, at times. Uh, because there's some things about God you are not going to learn in this kind of context, in your small group context, in your meetings on your campus, in your church, uh, where someone is speaking to you about God, teaching you the Bible, really good. You listen to podcasts, you know. Uh, but there are some things about the depth of God that He wants to do in your life and in my life that you will not get unless you quiet your life and wait on Him. I, I, that's true in my life, and I think it'll be in, in true in your life. Um, Another quote, our value is not based on what we accomplish, but rather in the reality that God loves us. And uh, unfortunately, in modern day America, and certainly in the collegiate world, so much of your identity and your value is based on the things you accomplish, the degree you get, the job you get, how effective you are in your campus ministry, uh, you know, the things you're able to do. But your value is not based on what you accomplish, but rather that God deeply loves you. And, and how are you going to enter into that love? Not by rushing around. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus talked about the love of God to the disciples, it was, tends to be most often a quiet uh, setting that he talks about that. Psalms 23, 2, 
famous psalm, most beloved passage in the Bible probably, part of it, the whole psalm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I would guess that every one of us in different ways need healing from the past, from things we're going through now, uh, because uh, we live in an imperfect world where the devil is active. You've been wounded in different ways in different times. And, and you need to be restored. You need to be healed. Now look at the first part of that verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside what? Uh, whitewater rafting rivers where we're fighting for our lives to hang on and not fall out of the raft? No. He leads you beside quiet waters. And in that context, he restores our soul. Do you want healing? for the hard things you've been through, then I would suggest, as, this, as David did in writing this psalm, being led into that quietness with God to meet Him. So, where to start? Well, I, I gave you a little uh, example of kind of how I do this, but... Um, I, I try not to be rushed in my time with God, even if, if, even if I only have five or ten minutes. Some of you are not able to go aside for two hours. You're working, you've got a tough uh, academic schedule, you've got things you want to be involved in, and you don't have the luxury of, of, of setting aside a lot of time. I hope you can occasionally set aside blocks of time, but even daily, if you can just quiet your heart, slow down, enjoy the presence of God. It's not like some big hocus-pocus mystery. It's like you'd want to do with any close friend, you know, over coffee. You just want to slow down a bit to engage them well, to listen to them, to speak to them. You don't want to have a rush conversation where you rush in and slam down on the stool and they do and you have a quick exchange and rush off. It's You quiet yourself. Read a passage of Scripture. Ask God to touch your heart. You may get something out of it. You may not. That's okay. I have a lot of conversations with my wife that I don't necessarily get, you know, great things out of it. I mean... But I love her, and I love being with her, but sometimes I get this big buzz out of being with her, and sometimes I don't. That's okay. You know, and it's okay with God. You know, make peace with... Here's the thing, if God... If you've got this huge blessing, like, poured out over you every time you kind of quieted yourself, you just kind of take that as, a, as an expectation. And so sometimes God opens your heart to words and, and direction, sometimes not so much. I've gone a long time and not had you know, clear direction from God, but I know I love God and I know He loves me. So, and, and, uh, and enjoy talking with Him. Don't make it a one-sided conversation. Uh, let Be quiet. Ask Him, God, what are you thinking of me today? Uh, What's going on in my life? Help me to understand. 
my life and my friends. And just have a dialogue like you normally would with, with a friend you have. And, you know, you'll have to kind of learn to do that, but, but believe me, you can do it. And um, uh, I would encourage you to have some kind of plan, a reading plan. Um, again, it's not the amount of time. It's the quality of sitting quietly before the, lo- the Lord. We need to, to slow down our lives enough. You could find a place on your campus maybe that's a little removed or... Uh, you know, you, you'll have to figure that out in your setting. Uh, one final quote, and we'll, we'll close. Very few followers of Christ have a plan for developing their spiritual life. Many people, now here's what I want you to get. Many people live off of other people's spirituality. Rather than taking the time to develop their own personal walk with God. And I see this all the time with people in churches, with people in campus ministries. You kind of follow along in the shadow of someone else's spirituality, which to some degree is good. Like the testimony this morning, the man that shared the gospel with her dad. You know, her dad leaned into that man for a while. And, and grew, and certainly God wants us to do that and have mentors. Your campus ministers here can mentor you. And certainly that's, that's true, but, but in the long term, when you leave college, you need to have taken the time to develop your own spirituality because 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you want to be more than just you know showing up at a church meeting on Sunday morning, sitting in a seat, hearing someone give a talk, hear a few songs, and you walk out and live the life the rest of the week like you just want to do. And, and by the millions people do that, you want to have that internal spirituality where you and God, you wait on Him, you learn of Him, you know Him. Let's pray together in closing. Father, thank You for the time together this morning. I pray again for my life and for each one here that we would learn these secrets about waiting on You and and being quiet, calming our heart to hear You, to love You. and, And because You... Lord, we want you to be our closest friend, just not a a distant relative. So, Lord, would you do that in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.